0: Hello, friends. The podcast will be taking a couple weeks off for the holidays, so today we've got something a little bit different. In classical music, sometimes there are directions in the sheet music that read da capo al fine, and that means to go back to the beginning of the piece, start it again, and play until the measure that's marked fine. Now, that's spelled like the word fine in English, so oftentimes the first time students see this, they'll often pronounce it da capo al fine. And I'm going to go with that for this particular rebroadcast. Today's Da Capo al Fine is episode seven, where I had the really difficult job of listening to Beethoven while eating beer and donuts from Beerly Brewing in McMinnville, Oregon. This originally aired on June 19th, 2020. And it was an interview that was long form and super fun. So thanks again to Amelia and JP for their hospitality and warmth from this interview. And Shoot, I'm gonna have to go grab some more donuts this weekend. Today on Keep. Sorry, (laughs) just finishing off a cinnamon sugar donut. Today on Keep Classical Weird, we talk about composer giant Ludwig von Beethoven and his Fifth Symphony via a very popular libation.
1: This actually is the best way to kind of approach tasting a beer. It takes two sips for your tongue to tell your brain what you're tasting. So the first two sips, let that information roll over you, ignore it. Sip number three, that's what the beer tastes like. Okay. So it takes some time for that, you know, signal to get from your tongue to your brain.
0: So you're saying I should do the same thing as Beethoven's rhythms, which is sip, sip, sip. Understand. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Welcome, friends, to episode seven of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and I'm so excited to be airing my very first collaboration episode with a local business. But before we hit the road to experience the beer and the donuts, yes, the beer and the donuts, let's talk about the fellow who inspired this episode. He'd be celebrating his 250th birthday this year Ludwig von Beethoven. Beethoven was born in Germany in 1770. And though he's one of the most famous composers of all time, the thing people seem to know him best for is the fact that he was deaf. And that may be true, but the full story is much more than that. Beethoven wasn't born deaf. His early career had a strong start. He was recognized for his talent early, and though some compared him to Mozart, he was able to fairly quickly establish his own brand of classical music. In fact, music history points to Beethoven as a very natural bridge between the classical and romantic eras of music. His compositional style underwent a wonderful evolution to make that possible. This evolution, it can be argued, is a direct result of his loss of hearing. Beethoven's hearing loss was gradual and effectively split his compositions into three eras. Early Beethoven, where his hearing was mostly intact. This tends to be lighter and bubbly and very much like well-known Mozart compositions. When his hearing loss became more profound, he entered into a dark period of compositional life. His melodies and harmonies became thicker and darker. He was profoundly depressed and angry at this time in his life, and it showed. But there was also no doubt that he was growing as a composer, and his ability to write a piece with such depth that his audience could really attach themselves emotionally made him stand out even more. After the worst of the severe depression, he was able to find a purpose again. He came to a beautiful conclusion that the art was bigger than himself. This amazing, emotional sound now came even more alive. What was once musically represented as just plain happiness became more profound. He expressed complicated emotions like gratitude, recovery from grief, unity throughout humanity. He said it all through music. As it turns out, presenting Beethoven's compositional style by just talking about it isn't easy. The goal here was to present a podcast episode for his Fifth Symphony. This was composed during the second period, the dark and tumultuous one. It's perhaps his most famous composition. And during the early scriptwriting process for this episode, the only words that kept appearing on my screen were things like dark, stormy, hazy, bitter, caramely, and in looking at these adjectives... It occurred to me that there were a lot of them that we used to describe beer. And therein was the solution. Let's pair Beethoven's Fifth Symphony with a flight of beer. The selection of a brewery meant two minor hurdles for me. One, I wanted to find some brewers with a working knowledge of classical music to really offer some deep expertise on pairings. And two, I'm a celiac, which meant that the brewery had to be entirely gluten-free. And wouldn't you know... About an hour down the road, the perfect spot existed.
2: My name is Amelia Beerly. We are in Beerly Brewing right now, which is our microbrewery. And also we serve food um, in McMinnville, Oregon. Everything we do here is gluten-free. Both me and JP, who you'll meet in a moment, have celiac disease. My uh, connection to classical music is that I started playing cello when I was small and um, played all throughout my life. Uh, I um, studied music education and music composition at Portland State University, Uh, taught elementary music for several years. I've always been um, a gig musician and have played with KC in many orchestras.
1: And I'm JP Beerly. I'm the brewer here at Beerly Brewing. And uh, as Amelia said, we're a dedicated gluten-free brewery in McMinnville, Oregon. I can never say Beerly Brewing without saying that too. I am a classically trained tenor, And uh, studied uh, at Linfield College um, almost 20 years ago now, uh, or I was there 20 years ago, and uh, studied with Gwen Leonard. And I am sure that I am going to uh, make all of my professors very sad by what I actually remember about Beethoven. So you two have
0: chosen for us. Um a beer and a should I say a beer and a food pairing or a beer and yeah. a sure. snack? snack? Snack sure. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that you believe goes particularly well mm-hmm. with each movement of Beethoven five. Yes. Okay.
2: I would say snack because it's very carb heavy.
0: Great. <laughs> Thank you.
2: first movement, uh, what I was feeling and hearing uh, was dark. I think dark is a word that we associate a lot with Beethoven, especially this music. Um, And agitated is another word that was coming to mind. Rich. And also the fact that it's super famous and everybody knows it. Most people want it. Um, And it's almost like, uh, like the thing that you want the most in a meal is dessert. And this movement is like the dessert of Beethoven. So we paired a maple bar with our blackbird stout. Rich, roasty, uh, sweet, everything, all the flavors together, um, but really uh, focusing in on the darkness.
1: I like movement one when it's played fast. To me, it hits you all at once Like, right up at the front. It's, as Amelia said, something that you want. And uh, that's what the beer tastes like. It's something that you want. Uh, A a nice, bold stout that just hits you. Beautiful tan head on this. Sticks around.
0: Yeah, the color is gorgeous. (laughs) I'm going to grab this. It's very dark. Like JP said, this has a tan, a nice... Beautiful tan head on it, um, kind of a caramelly tan, and uh, very opaque. What am I smelling with this? Roast, roasty, roasty. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So it's the, not like yeah. a it's not like a coffee roast, but it's like the the actual like if you were to extract the the roastiness out of a coffee. Yeah. All right. So I've had three sips before I mm-hmm. comment. I'm gonna have a little taste of this. So these
2: donuts are fried. It's a fried maple bar with a maple frosting. Oh,
0: good grief, that's a good maple bar. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the beer.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, there's new tastes now. Mm-hmm. That's the fun thing about it. Oh, wow. It's like a brighter note.
0: So I feel like, I don't think this is going too far to say this because what you managed to create is the experience, was uh, just one of my favorite experiences of going through the first movement. Mm-hmm. You have the famous theme that everybody knows, and then you have the B theme, and then it goes back to the main theme as we just did, and then it stops, and there's a reflection from the oboe. And I feel like that's the note that I've now picked up mm, yeah. because it's, it's less, it is less dark. There's this little glimmer. It, d- it hasn't mm-hmm. changed. Mm-mm. It's, it's still a, it's still a stout. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's a new sparkliness that mm-hmm. all of this wonderful mapley and sweet and sugar and doughy has brought out in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that the cellists get, and we didn't. Right? Ha ha ha. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, and cellists got it, and violins have to sit back and watch yes. every time that happens.
2: It's one of my favorite things to play in the cello section. So, for the pairing for this movement, uh, what I was thinking is, like, really clean, really classic, um, and uh, I want to spin this in the best way, like, inoffensive. Like, there's nothing that anybody could, like, object to. So, mm. like, there's nothing, like, challenge... There's nothing that's really, like, scary or super challenging about about this movement. There's really, like, highs and lows emotionally, um, but it's... Uh, I think it's pretty universally beautiful. Um, so we chose our Felix Pilsner, which has a very crisp, clean taste, and then a soft pretzel, which is a classic snack.
0: All right. So in contrast to the last beer we just got, this is um, this is very transparent and it's very light, mm-hmm. and I could see all the bubbles coming up, and it's got a, a very, very white, white head to it. It is very clean, mm-hmm. and Like you said, it's, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to find a better word for inoffensive because I know what you mean. Right. It's universally loved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing to dislike about this. I, and I do like, there's like a hint of a, is it like a hint of citrus Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. that's in there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: The flavor is there in the moment. And then as soon as the beer is gone from your mouth, it's largely forgotten actually.
0: It finishes really clean. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying, to, these are beautiful, steaming hot pretzels. It's crusty on the outside, it's chewy on the inside, which that particular combination of flavors for people who don't know is a luxury, rarely afforded to celiacs.
1: I always oh, like lovely. to on pretzels, I always like to start with the ends. That's the, you know, the part that actually ends. Oops,
2: sorry, I ate one of the ends.
1: I know. You, you had one, <laughs> I had one. And then my second favorite part of the pretzel is where the twist is. In the middle, oh, uh-huh. because I, and I like to kind of keep that together as twist. Please don't eat the twist uh, all by yourself, Amelia. You're um, <laughs> breaking
2: the other part. Off I it.
1: like I like it too Even because that's where it's like doughiest and least crunchy. So kind of the contrast between those two are kind of like uh, two separate themes in in the same movement.
2: It's almost like the soft, sweet,
0: doughy strings. If the if the middle were the the middle was the straights if the twist was the strings, mm-hmm. would you call the ends are the ends the brassy yeah. the brassy yeah. edges? Sure. I love that. Yeah.
1: So the pairing we have here is Amelia's wonderful baguette that she makes. And we have that paired with our current seasonal, which is the Rendezvous double IPA. Uh, This beer is 7.3 ABV. Uh, It's hoppy but not bitter, more like peach and nectarine uh, rather than some of the more traditional uh, pine resin.
0: That got sweeter with every taste for me. Mm-hmm. It started out like an IPA does. It started out really, really hoppy and kind of bitter, mm-hmm. and it got sweeter and sweeter. Yeah, as that went on, that was very, That's very interesting.
2: It kind of spreads out on your palate, Mm-hmm. and it ends up being like, yeah, like you're biting into a juicy fruit.
0: You know what? You know how it's paralleling is it's you know what it is, and you know what you're tasting, but it's still complicated. You know what a scherzo is, and you know what a fugue is, and you know what all the tech techniques are in within it but it's still we're still a lot going on There's
1: still a lot that it returns to you in mm. terms of joy and uh and meaning
0: at this point in the conversation amelia and jp's baby jamie joined us and found their microphone really fascinating so just so you're aware you might hear some extra commentary in the form of baby noises
2: So, for the fourth movement, um, what I was thinking is like it has kind of a little bit of everything. It has a lot of like big, blasty stuff. Um, It has some stuff that's like reminiscent of the first movement. Um, So, what we went with is a porter, which is a darker style, but it also has some crisp, uh, clean notes in it. and a cinnamon sugar donut. And that's Jamie, who really wants a cinnamon sugar
0: donut. He's signing, eat. We all do.
2: So this is our Baker Street Porter.
0: It's the first beer that we brewed here at our Baker Street location. I'm finding it hard to like focus on what I'm picking up. I can oh, smell it, but. Kind of
1: like Beethoven, kind of hard to focus on that last movement.
0: Oh, man. Well, if it was really like Beethoven, then we'd have to like try this for an ever and ever, ever before it actually ended, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just keep drinking more and more and more and, yeah. more and more. Was this the last beer? No, this is the last beer. No, this is the last. Beer. <laughs> okay, you're right. It seems to be roasty and then a clean finish. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't like um, doesn't
2: have like a thick feeling in your mouth. Lovely looking donut, fresh out of the fryer. It's so
0: light and so fluffy. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Cinnamon and sugar donut. It's
2: the first donut I ever made here.
0: Oh, no kidding.
2: Yeah, it's become our
0: standard. It's a good standard. Thank you. This is a flagship donut. now after the donuts smoother and like taking longer to kind of go back and coat the tongue and coat mm-hmm. the throat and mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like
2: the sweetness on your tongue kind of attracts mm-hmm. like
0: the the part of your tongue that was like opened up by the sweetness. I think before we started recording, you used the word sparkly. Like this movement is, there's a lot of, he pulls out all the stops, like, <clears throat> You oh, no, everybody, he has something fun for everybody. Like, yeah. I feel like this is one of those movements where no matter what you play, your part is really fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. I love playing this movement. I love playing the symphony overall, but this movement I love the most. Um, and it, like, the music to me is like fireworks going off.
0: As we're winding up the symphony, I think I can almost hear the question you're asking. How can I play along at home? Well, good news, if you're a resident of the Willamette Valley, you can. Head on over to beerlybrewing.com, that's B-I-E-R-L-Y, and click on their delivery news. They have this collection of beers available as a set for delivery, as well as some delicious pretzels. The donuts and the baguette are also available for takeout at their Baker Street location, and wow, is it worth it. I cannot recommend the food and the beer highly enough. So, grab your favorite recording of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and, as JP says
1: you can get your bottle of beer.
0: (laughs) And that's our show for today. My biggest and warmest thanks to Amelia and JP over at Beerly Brewing. Your insight made this episode so fun to produce. Our theme music is composed by Thomas Barber, who was also a fan of Beethoven and Beer. Check him out at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to help it grow, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com/slash Keep Classical Weird to access some bonus content. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe and stay weird.